0: Welcome back to Perfect Barbecue. I am your host, Dean Martin, and you're listening to the podcast designed for those of us who, after tasting good barbecue, now continue to search out, love to cook, but especially love to eat, smoked meat over live wood coals, and continue to search for that perfect bite of barbecue deliciousness. You can find us at perfectbbq.com. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. There's a comment section under each of the blog posts. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Well, this week is a special one for me, our first podcast with a guest, and a guest is kind of a podcasting celebrity from years ago. Well, our guest today is a friend from many years ago, although we've never actually met in person. Uh, he hosted one of the first... First, and one of my favorite podcasts of all time. He's a fabulous artist and cr- incredibly creative. Um, this podcast has traditionally, and uh, we don't have a lot of episodes up, but it's traditionally been me just documenting my journey into cooking barbecue. So when I saw a note on Facebook that Len Peralta was starting his own barbecue journey. I thought he would be the perfect first guest for our show. So, welcome, Lynn. How are things in Cleveland uh, in the Cleveland area today?
1: Oh, it's a beautiful day in Cleveland. It's uh, it's very temperate and it's been very nice. We've had so much rain here recently, uh, so it's uh, it's nice to actually have a very just a perfect day sunny cool it's not too hot not too cold and it's very, very dry so i'm very happy about that great barbecuing weather there you go <laughs> yeah i have a story about that later too it so. a
0: good deal we, we've had a lot of rain here also it's been uh it's where been you rain- at pennsylvania south central pa oh yeah so Tons- everything just, that comes yeah. From you gets to us a day or two later. Oh, yeah.
1: You just had a really bad... Uh, uh, I know on Sunday you had some pretty bad storms come through your state. So. We
0: did. Had some uh, ugly flooding south of us. Just like three inches an hour rainfall. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I had some friends driving back from Cleveland over the weekend on Sunday. And they had to pull over. They said it was really awful. So it's nice okay. that you have... Hopefully... Well, you, you should be getting this weather pretty soon. So there you go.
0: Well, I... I learned to know of you through Jawbone Radio, which how many years ago now? It was probably twenty, maybe twenty years. I don't
1: know. Not twenty Two, years. Not so. Not that. 50, but it's more like. 15, uh, but close. Right. Uh, fifteen, I think. It's going to be yeah. fifteen next year.
0: Oh five is when you started, right?
1: I did. We started in. Uh, we were one of the first podcasters uh, in oh five. I think we were only predated by maybe a handful of other shows, including. Brian Ibbett's Coverville and a couple other ones that were out there. But we were like one of the first couple casts, which is, I don't know if that's even a thing anymore, but, uh, and it's funny, you know, since you, since you, uh, sent me some links to my old shows, I've been listening to them and I'm like, Hey, we did actually a pretty decent show. It was, it wasn't <laughs> that bad. <laughs> I
0: would agree. Well, I, uh, as I thought about doing this interview, you know, I talked, I uh, sent you a note, Couple weeks ago, and you were getting ready to go on vacation. So I had mm-hmm. a couple weeks to uh, think about this, and I thought I—I well, I just loved the show, and I wanted to go back and listen to a bunch of them. So I kind of binge-listened uh, over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and um, just fell in love—fell <laughs> in love again with it. Kind of the, oh, yeah. the the creativity and stuff. What what was your original reason for starting the show?
1: Well, I was a college disc jockey. And at the time, I was, uh, I think we were having some sort of a get together or something early 2005. And I had read in a magazine that there was this thing called podcasting where you could get on the air recorded shows um without needing like a license or anything like that you're just basically just creating a show and so that was the impetus for it really i i met up with some friends uh in january of twenty two thousand five, 2005 and i just said hey we're gonna put together a show you know and you guys can be a part of it and they're like that sounds great and then i was only a person that put together a show uh the following month that like bought the equipment and decided to do it and then you know, we we got a lot of attention early on, and and some really nice publicity, and that sort of kept us going, which was fun. It was really cool. So, uh, so that was it. Really, it was really just I wanted to get back into radio. I really liked the talk format. I liked. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I liked being able to create a show that didn't really have any rules, or just able to talk, and it was a lot of fun, and. I luckily had a really great co-host with my wife and, and we, you know, people seem to really like her and, and our chemistry together and, and um, the things we were doing, but I don't know, it was fun. It was, it was interesting. I, you know, listening back to some of those shows, even just a decade ago uh, is um, it was, I'm really glad we did what we we recorded when we did because uh, there was so much going on in our lives and we I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we were able to kind of keep it. It's an archive for our family, and um, it was a lot of fun to listen to. So,
0: I kind of assumed that you had a radio background because some of the production bits that you did and so forth, and and I had always myself always wanted to be a DJ, and that's kind of why I I think I love the shows because you you cared about audio quality for one thing, or one of the yeah. better quality. Podcast and it was funny to hear the first show. I think you and Nora were sharing a microphone, and by the <laughs> yes, second we show <laughs> by like the next day you decide this is not a good idea. I'm gonna get another yeah. microphone.
1: <laughs> really, what that that first show was never meant to hit the air, and we were just I was just like messing around. I'm thinking no one's gonna hear this. I'm just gonna throw it up on the internet. And people were listening. It was weird. It was really strange. This was you know, I gotta remember, this is pre-Twitter. This is real. There's the only only thing out there was like, you know, blogs and stuff. So there really wasn't a way to get your name out there. So the fact that we were found at all was sort of incredulous. (laughs) It was sort of strange and and um and that we you know that people actually listened to us. Not only that, but just enjoyed us because we weren't doing anything different than just talking to one another. It wasn't like we were putting on a persona or anything. It was just literally having conversations and. We would record them and, you know, I mean, there was a little bit of entertainment value in there and that we had to remember we were talking not to ourselves, but to an audience. Right. So, but I don't know. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, every once in a while we'll scratch a itch. We'll do a show like once a year and we'll, we'll, you know, just like, yeah, we should probably do one. Um, and <laughs> then, yeah, so we've done like two shows over the past two years. So yeah, I, I enjoyed,
0: that. uh, uh it's Early January, I woke up and saw a uh, a new episode in the feed, and I thought, well, I haven't seen that feed show up in my uh, iTunes list for a long time, and it was funny yeah. to, to just hear you catch up. Oh, great! You mentioned yeah. a you mentioned a great chemistry you had with uh, with Nora, and you guys had a great sense of humor. It was kind of like the Seinfeld show, you know. It was just a show about nothing, but you found funny uh, ways or found humor in just everyday things and that was kind of cool
1: yeah that was actually that's funny you should say that i don't know if you were pulling from something that people were told talked about us years ago but that was one of the first things i remember we got a really really good review um on the bbc website and that was how the uk described us was like it's like Seinfeld, the Seinfelds of podcasting, which is weird. There you go. So I yeah. didn't,
0: I didn't even see that, but that's what I thought of when I was, as I was listening back to it. I thought, you know, why do I find this so compelling? And that's just kind of, kind of what it was. It's just that uh, you found humor in everyday items. You, you also great. found ways to pull the audience in and make them part of the show using call-in clips and so forth. So yeah,
1: yeah, it was fun. I'm glad you sent that show over the other day. That's what got me on a binge. I was like listening to our own show from those times. So That's like a decade ago you know that's a right. long time so um and a lot has changed since then our all our kids are growing up and right. you know and um getting married and moving out and graduating so there's a there's a lot going on uh in this in that time period that we didn't really cover so and that was one of the main reasons we really stopped because you know when we first started our kids were at an age where they didn't have their own devices and then when they started listening to us we were like eh. We couldn't we couldn't really be as free as we once felt we could be right. when we were talking. So, um, you know, yeah. it's fun. I still I still record every once in a while with 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 my friend Tom Barrett. I'm on there. I'm not really talking, but I do that show. And and whenever I get a chance, we do this special effects show too, Golden Creature Geek, which I haven't really had a chance to. Uh, we just my partner in crime's been really super busy working on some Hollywood stuff. So we. We haven't been able to really connect on that, so uh, so yeah, not completely well, the, out of podcasting yet.
0: The, the fat man in the basement uh, bit, and Neil's a recurring guest. <laughs> some just really, really funny, creative stuff. <laughs> and I'm thinking, where did all this creativity come from? I guess you're just a naturally creative person. But...
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just I happen to be around some pretty funny people, so yeah. that's. I think that's that that helps. Definitely helps.
0: You you I looked um, through a couple of your websites. You have quite a resume built up by this time. Did, did Do you think the show gave you some initial exposure early on for, for the, your creative work later in life, or, or, or did did that come from other just no other I hard work? I
1: I think it did. I think uh, I I I think having the show helped sort of propel that a little bit. Um, it gave me an opportunity to talk about stuff and share things. And, um, I honestly, I think, uh, it was a combination of the show and the friendships I made through the show. Um, and, uh, just the, also the fact that I'm an artist. So I was sort of using the show to promote my art and, um, I just happened to be at a really good time at a good, you know, at a at a good place at a good time, um, And people seem to, uh, I I don't know, I I, I just, I think people seem to like my work um, and it seemed to fit in and I had a pretty good chemistry with the people I was working with. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think also some of the reasons why I always stopped was because it was, I was working so heavily on my art career that it was hard, like it was hard for me to find time to, to record as well. But so, so, yeah, I think maybe it had a little bit of a of, of an influence um uh and the podcast definitely was a way for me to to really promote my work, so I think right. definitely it was it was it was it had some sort of bearing on it i would think so well,
0: you're involved in you've been involved in several podcasts now, and I guess this is a selfish question, but um i've always wanted to try to find a way to m- Make podcasting a viable monetization, you know, yeah. to promote a business or so forth. Is, is mm-hmm. there still? I know people found it difficult to to monetize most podcasts, although some guys are making money. Is there still viable profit potential there, or has YouTube or video kind of taken over?
1: Uh, I think there is a way to make money through podcasting, but I think it's it's maybe reserved for the upper echelon at this point. Um, I mean, you could still just i mean the the field is still wide open you can still grab a mic you can still record and put something out there and if you gain an audience then then i guess it just depends on what you consider is successful you know like if you are uh if you you know jawbone radio for us was successful on the level that we had people that were listing but we never made a whole lot of money from it um, we just, it was, it was just that we had a following and listening back to those old, old shows, it didn't, I, you know, we had people that listen on a regular basis, which was really important, you know, and that's really hard to do. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people making money from podcasting now or people, uh, who are, have joined up with like, uh, a network or something like, I'm thinking like a maximum fund or something like that. So, right. um, you know, and, and even then they're not making you know, it's not like they're making money hand over fist. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, right. <laughs> it's still, when it comes down to it, it's still radio and radio was never like a big, unless you're someone like a Rush Limbaugh or a Howard Stern or something, like that, you're never going to making a ton of money. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like to think that some people have cracked that nut. I mean, podcasting definitely, uh, has people know what it is now. It's not like it's a big head scratcher. People get it. Um, and the ease of getting into it, I think is allows, still allows some homegrown people to come in there, but I think it's mostly reserved for the, for the upper tier, you know, so. Gotcha.
0: Well, back to barbecue. uh, barbecue.
1: Oh, Um, yes. Nice, (laughs) nice transition there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. So, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you tune in for the barbecue, probably get past the first, like, maybe 10 minutes of this show and then, you know, use that in the show notes. And then, you know, let's, let's, let's see what this there guy knows. He, the guy knows a lot about podcasting. What does he know about, you know, <laughs> dry rubs and things like that?
0: Well, I would I would not be friends with you on Facebook without the podcast. So that's that's how I found <laughs> out you were into barbecue. And yeah. uh, barbecue is one of those things that, that I fell in love with like 20 years ago before it was cool and now it's really kind of taken off but what mm-hmm. what was it that that uh, caused you to become interested and decide this was something going to try
1: you know i have to be honest with you uh it was literally one of these things where it was sort of a whim and i happened to go i was invited out to a movie with a friend of mine my friend hugh and uh, every time a new Godzilla film comes out, Hugh writes me and he's like, we got to go see the Godzilla film because there was Godzilla King of the Monsters came out. So we went out on a Sunday afternoon. We went to lunch and uh, he had brought his friend along and they were just they for some reason they started talking about smoking meats. And I was like, oh, really, what do you use? And so they were talking about they both had like big green eggs. Right. So that's gotcha. Um, and then they were just, I'm like, so I started asking a couple questions and I'm thinking, you know, we're like two weeks out from father's day. So maybe that might make a great gift for myself, you know? <laughs> so I'm not even joking. Like I came back from the movie, uh, I opened up my iPad and I started just searching about smokers and what was available and what was the best charcoal smoker. Cause I wasn't going to go I mean, literally in that conversation, it was probably like about a 15-minute conversation. I decided that I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to go electric. I was going to go all charcoal, uh, no pellet smoke, and I was going to go with like an offset, right? So anything I could get in, you know, entry level at that under a grand, right? That was I was in good good shape, right? So, so I, there were certain parameters that I knew I wanted to do. Um, so I literally, <laughs> I literally that afternoon, I either was either that day or the next day I bought, uh, an offset smoker, uh, like a, just a small one and, uh, had it delivered, put it together that week. And, you know, I seasoned it. I did I watched all these videos <laughs> about like, well, I gotta do. And that Friday after the movie, I was smoking my first, uh, pork shoulder. So wow. yeah, we did a lot of smoking that weekend. <laughs> we did we did chicken, we did ribs, we did pork butt, we did brats, we did hot dogs, and we invited some people over and we just had a had a party. It was a good time. So
0: fantastic.
1: Um obviously the first round wasn't great. Uh it was okay. Uh it, it tasted great. Um but I needed to finesse it a little bit. So um I, you know, so luckily I, the second round of ribs I did were fantastic. they were really good by my standards. Great. I don't know. By great. some people who would might, you know, I know there's a lot of barbecue snobs out there who would say, oh, it's too dry. You, just, you don't want to fall off the bone or whatever. And I'm like, I actually like that. So, <laughs> I mean, I was very happy with it. They tasted great. I, you know, so I, that was, that was my barometer. My only mistake I think is that, Both times that I was barbecuing, I was kind of dealing with like time issues, so I had to take it off a little bit sooner. But we finished it in the Instant Pot, which actually re-added some more moisture, didn't dry it out, and actually made Mm -hmm. it taste really, really good. I mean, the flavor was there, right? Right. So, you know, it just being able to infuse it and still make it so it wasn't dry was really important, and I think it was great, so...
0: I got into barbecue long before YouTube had videos. So my first, I tried brisket first, which was a stupid mistake. I had no idea what it should turn out like because I hadn't actually eaten brisket before, uh, smoked brisket. And uh, it was horrible. I I did it way too long and it was dry. But yeah, Yeah. one of the, you mentioned the time issues. One of the things that I've started doing is, is doing stuff way ahead of time. And you know, so that I have at least an hour, maybe for it to rest, because it doesn't cool. You know, if I keep it wrapped, whether it's ribs or pork butt or yeah. uh, a brisket, I just keep it wrapped, and it, it'll stay hot for you know up to two out
1: two hours, maybe even more. See, but, uh, I what I found, and this I'm yeah, I'm talking to you as an amateur. I've been doing this less than you're probably doing this for years and years. I've been doing it for like a month and a half, if that but what i found is that it's actually better if you're cooking not for that night but if you're cooking for like the next day or the day after uh, just because that will give it like you know enough time to rest and i mean and the smoke flavor is there right and the as long as the flavors in the meat it's just it's going to be good And, you know, you can always take it and, like I say, insta-pot it or something or or put it back in the oven for, like, you know, with some water pan or something and just kind of keep it moist. But I actually found the ribs. We did uh, four racks of ribs for Father's Day, and uh, they were actually much better during the week than they were the night (laughs) of. Really? (laughs) Yes, they were. They just, they were, they tasted so much better. I think the... Just heating them back up, I mean, they were, they were, they cut a little bit easier and then they just, they just tasted like a lot, a lot better. Weirdly okay. enough, heated up, you know, so. Do you like
0: ribs with uh, a lot of sauce on or have you ever tried the Memphis dry ribs?
1: No. So this is what I do. This is, I, you know, <clears throat> I'm a big barbecue fan. So I went out to Dallas a couple years ago. And I went and and I was searching out good barbecue because it's like mm. when you're in Texas, you got to go for good barbecue, right? So I'm a big fan of Texas dry, right? Like I don't – I it's just about the smoking. It's not about the sauce. And I went to this place called the Lockhart Smokehouse out in Dallas, Texas. That was probably my first official um, real barbecue joint out there. And um, that's where I learned that it wasn't about sauces, right? Because I walked in. I took an Uber out there. I walked in and I'm like, first off, if you know it's an authentic barbecue joint when you walk in and it's like the tables are, it doesn't even matter what they look like. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you go to the back, you go to the very back of the place and there's a guy with black gloves slicing up meat. That's, you know what I mean? And there's like a long line of people waiting for him. That's how you know. And there's no Mm. sauces at all. Like there's nothing there, right? There's no, I mean, there's some sauce, but that's not the star. The star is the meat. And so that's what I try to do, right? When I'm cooking them, it's like, I don't ever sauce the stuff. Um, the most I do is I spray some apple juice on it, right? And then just let the smoke and the, and the seasonings and the rub flavor the meat. Um, because that's going to be the most important part for me. And then if you want to add sauce afterwards just to enhance it, then you have your choice, right? You, you're not, when, when you're saucing something, I feel like you're, you're committing to a certain That's taste. Yep. Yes. You're committing to a taste and not everybody is, not everybody's going to like that. Right. I mean, you, you know, I like to give people the option to sauce it the way they like, because as long as the meat tastes good, the sauce is just going to enhance that. So um, when I did my ribs, uh, I was watching Aaron Franklin, how he did his stuff. And um, it was a great recipe. And I, I, my, my, that was my first mistake. Like, so three three hours uh, smoking, uh, take it out, foil it, but turn it upside down. So meat side down, foil. And then that for another two hours. And then by that time, I was like, I, I couldn't even turn the the rack back over because everything would have fallen out. So I'm just like. All right, we're done. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah,
0: not I do. I do mine the same, the same way. I've always liked just doing them dry, and having the, having that flavor of the meat. It, that way, I can have a couple bites of dry, and if I want to try something with sauce, I can. Yeah. Um, try sauce on the on a bite or two, but I did some over the weekend. That's that's the way you talked about. There is exactly the way I did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. So. I'm sort of jonesing for to barbecue again. I, 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 ran the smoker last week, but I didn't do anything big. I did brats, which now brats and hot dogs is the only way I'm going to eat those things if I smoke them because there's there's no better way. There's exactly I, I, if anybody. <clears throat> I used to think that hot dogs were like mm, hot dogs. Come on, man. You know, like you go to a party, it's like mm, hot dogs. But I'm telling you, man, you put them in the smoker for like an hour and you'll never want to eat a hot dog a different way again it is like the best it's just it just it tastes so good and brats i always get the i am i am a fan of the cheddar brats um just because that extra bit of cheese in there just makes them taste so much better and that's so that's what i did i didn't do anything big this but i've been jonesing i'm trying to figure out the best time to do another either another brisket Or um, some more ribs, so I'm trying to figure out when that's going to be. It's just time, you know what I mean? Like finding the time, and you know, I don't know what kind of a smoker do you have? Do you have a standard charcoal smoker?
0: I have uh, one of those upright um, Weber Smoky Mountain, so I can I can put charcoal in the bottom, some chunks of wood, and there's kind of a, a website I found a long time ago that had a, a method of stacking the charcoal, and it'll actually last for about 10 hours, eight to 10 hours, Ooh, okay. without without adding any um, oh. any more wood. And so it makes it easy to. And I open the the vent at the top the whole way. I found out early on that trying to close, trying to control the fire from the from the bottom is the only way to do it because if you close down the top vent at all, it kind of, uh, gives an ass acidic flavor yeah. to the meat. No, I you let the, chokes you gotta the fire. Let, yeah.
1: You got to let the, let the fire kind of roll through, right, you know, right. that's the hardest and, part though, with a charcoal smoker though, is just, is just keep keeping a consistent temperature. That's like the hardest thing for me to do.
0: Right. That's, and I, I kind of have that, that down, which makes it, um, Makes it a lot easier.
1: Yeah, I'm still learning that, because um, I, I I think I should probably get the the temperature higher and then back off, as opposed to waiting for it to. You know, I'm 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 very impatient. I'm probably I'm probably <laughs> not built. I'm not built to be a real smoking person, because uh, I'm like I gotta see. I you know every, my kids all were like, you're just gonna keep checking on it, Dad. You're gonna ruin. I'm like I won't. And I but I find myself. <laughs> I gotta kind of keep checking on it, and that's like you know I'm like really obsessive about fire management, making sure that I have got consistent temperature and stuff like that. So.
0: Yeah, I don't worry too much about. Um, I keep the temperature a little higher, maybe at the beginning. I don't worry about it being too low, and then toward the end of the cook is really where the temperature controls because you just don't want the meat to get too um, too far too close to 200, 210, because then it kind of boils all the moisture out. So
1: Really? I like it. I'm I'm usually cooking it around 250, 225. No, 250. I mean the
0: meat temperature.
1: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. No, my cook temperature, I usually keep it 250, 275, and I don't really get too concerned until it gets close to 300, and then I kind of back it down a little bit. Yeah,
1: like yeah. I this. should probably I should probably learn to do that but a little bit more better to have a little bit more Discipline before I start uh, putting the meat on. I'm just like, oh, I gotta get this on. You know, sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the one. Are you guys, are you getting up like at like two in the morning to do this stuff for what? If I'm doing a
0: brisket, I will start it at um maybe ten o'clock the day before.
1: <laughs> wow. So you're like sleeping outside goes... or something? Do you have like a what? cot or something that you're out there?
0: No, no, no. I only get up every. two to three hours or so and check on it. You know, I kind of get everything going and I know my cooker enough that I can, um, set the, once I get it hot, then I back the air vent down at the bottom and kind of know where it's going to be and just let it go for a couple hours. You know, every now and then I'll hop up in the middle of the night and walk out and just make sure everything's good. But so, yeah, I, I cook it overnight, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you say, brisket, you, know, you can cook that today before your party or whatever, and uh it's just as good the next day so.
1: oh yeah, yeah, it's excellent it's really good and i I probably should have done <clears throat> um probably shouldn't have done another like hour and a half on my brisket, but it turned out it turned out fine it was sort of cooked unevenly uh but the flavor was there now I the other you, thing it, too do you do you have the butcher do all the slicing for you like not the slicing of the meat actually but like
0: no I do my own fat trimming.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I have the butcher do that. That's what they're getting paid for. You know, that's what you pay for.
0: Right. If you've watched Aaron Franklin, you've seen him wrap his brisket in butcher paper. He's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Now, are you, you're in Pennsylvania. So are you the kind of guy that goes out there and, uh, Smokes uh, in the middle of winter. Have you done that many of those, or what's what's where, where do you where do you draw the line? I guess as far I as temperature have, goes. I uh, have
0: not in the middle of winter, not when there's snow on the ground. But I've done uh, you know late fall, early spring, February, March. Well, February it's still pretty cold, but uh, March or so I'll start.
1: Yeah, I haven't really started. I'm gonna. I might. Uh, I might try to do uh, a a winter cook. Maybe I'll. I haven't really seen I have I don't know if that's crazy or not, but we'll see.
0: One thing I wrote down here just listening to the old um shows, there was a reference in there to Unitasker, which is an Alton Brown term. <laughs> have oh you yeah. always have, have you always been into cooking or interested in cooking?
1: Uh Nora more than I. Uh she's <laughs> okay. she's a just... big fan of um of Alton Brown and she really likes okay. Alton Brown. And Alton Brown is one of those one of those characters who is sort of like the uh my my Moby Dick, right? Like I, he's like the great white whale. Uh um I really wanted to get him for my geek week project, but um it just just didn't work out. I don't know. He just he wasn't interested in being, I don't know if he's interested in being called a geek or what. But I don't know. But, <laughs> uh but yeah so yeah uh, so yeah so, so she's t- yeah so she's a big fan of that of good eats and that show and stuff Me too, like that.
0: yeah he's he's just always fun i was so stoked whenever he started a podcast and he did like six shows and then stopped <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: i think it was a little bit
1: too she's a little bit too obsessive right
0: maybe, yeah maybe i don't know so, <laughs> so um well you've told us uh pretty much what, what what's your favorite thing that you've smoked so far
1: Oh, I got, well, I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of the brats, uh, only because, you know, you can, you can start a fire and do them in like two hours and they have something delicious to eat afterwards. So yeah, so those are my favorites, uh, to smoke. They're so much fun. I really want to try another brisket. Uh, my, my son is coming home from overseas, uh, soon, like beginning of next month. And I've already been texting him saying like, well we're getting we're we're going to get excited for the the Browns because the Browns are going to be good this year for the first time in forever and uh, we're looking at doing some tailgating parties uh, so I asked him, so what can, what do you want me to, what do you want me to smoke, man? He's like, well, brisket. I'm like, of course, brisket. Right. Yeah. The hardest thing in the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. But, uh, but I'll do it for him. i gonna do some ribs. Um, yeah. I am, I, I, our, our, our pork sh- shoulder turned out pretty good. The pork butts turned out pretty good. Um, I want to give that another shot just because the pulled pork was incredible and that's the thing, you know, Nora would buy pulled pork from the store and it sort of just was not eaten. Like the kids were not big fans of it. However, when we did ours, they couldn't get enough of it. So, uh, I think it's just, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in, um, in, in, in my, in my stylings. I can, I think I can only get better. I just got to keep practicing and, and, and I'm sure everybody's going to be happy to try the, uh, Try the mistakes, right? <laughs> there are mistakes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> the uh, the last pulled pork I did, I did for a a family uh, picnic that we were having, and I actually I started them on the smoker and uh, smoked for about six hours. And I had read somewhere that that your meat only takes smoke in about the first five or six hours of the cook. yeah
1: four hours so- four hours or so.
0: So I had to – I had some other stuff that I had to do. And so I brought them in off the smoker, put them in a roasting pan in the oven, and stuck the temperature probe in um, so the oven would automatically shut off when the meat got to a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I was away. It shut off, and I just left it set there. My wife had come home after that, and I just had her make sure the oven shut off in time. But um, so it's – set in the oven for about three hours until I got back and it was still a hundred and the meat was still 170, 60 degrees, something like that. And, uh, I pulled it apart in, it's kind of in its own juices there. And oh my goodness, even the little kids, like I got grandkids now, I got six grandkids, but my one granddaughter, she must've went back four times for, <laughs> for pulled pork. <laughs> Everyone just thought it was fantastic. Yeah.
1: Isn't that great? That's a great feeling, you know, when, when you create something like that, I think, uh, I think I was born to do this, you know, like I I love grilling out and we, (laughs) we, we've never, um, we, we never got a chance to really grill like I wanted to. And I always felt like when we would grill on our, my Weber, that it was a waste of charcoal. Like, i would get the grill going we'd put like eight hamburgers on a couple hot dogs and i'm still this thing is still hot we should probably do something else with it but we never really you know we never really did anything with it so now that i have this smoker um it's it well a it allows us to have a lot of food for the week right because it's you know you can just cook a lot at, at time and uh it, it, you know, it's just, it's kind of scratched my itch as far as barbecuing out. This is, it's, it's great. Oh, and I have to tell you this, um, this past week I, uh, I did some hot dogs. I did some brats. My sister-in-law had bought, she went to Aldi's. I don't know if you have Aldi's out there in Pennsylvania. We do, but, yeah. uh, So Aldi's has these turkey breasts that are like they put two turkey breasts into like a little container and they're all marinated and everything else so she brought over two containers of those took them out smoked those turkey breasts i gotta tell you man those were some of the best tasting turkey breasts i've ever had in my life they were just fantastic and um you know it feels really good it feels really edifying when you have people around you who are eating the food that you cooked and are just like blown away and asking you questions and it's like that's never happened to me right like i'm <laughs> i don't get people asking me oh how did you do this you know so it's you know and it's very i mean well relatively little work you know there is work in in that you have to make sure that it doesn't like the fire doesn't go out and stuff like that but as far as flavor goes and everything else that's that's all the the smoker working so, yeah, so it's really, it's really edifying. Um, my brother has been into smoking for a while, so I, I kind of brought up that maybe we can have a rib cook-off at some point. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to lose to him because his wife makes their own sauces and stuff, so... Um, I I don't think I can beat that. I don't, I'm not at that. I'm not at that level.
0: Nora, you said Nora likes to watch goodies. So she could come up with uh, perfect sauces for you.
1: Oh, I'm sure she could. I'm sure she could. Um,
0: (laughs) I saw several weeks ago that Reynolds wrap was looking to pay someone 5,000 a week to travel around the country and find the best ribs. Mm. uh, (laughs) um, I don't know. Barbecue content must be worth a lot of money now.
1: Uh, probably is. Well, yeah
0: because so here's a here's an idea you and i take a month off and uh we'll we'll visit aaron franklin's place in uh in texas and a couple other places and put the stuff online and make a couple grand and uh, we'll be good to go
1: i love it i love it i'm there i'm there just you know you can pay me in food I think that would, you know, I'll come back like uh, a lot larger than I started. You'll be (laughs) the fat man in the basement. I will be. That will be a (laughs) self-fulfilling prophecy, right? That's going to be how it's going to end up.
0: Uh, Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes today and and uh, chatting with me about barbecue Lynn. oh so thanks thank a lot. you
1: thank you no it's uh it's a lot of fun and i'm thank you for reaching out it was uh it's a, it was a lot of fun and anytime we want to talk barbecue i, I i'm i'm just a, a a young padawan in this journey so uh
0: we're all learning we're all still <laughs> learning I you guarantee. shouldn't
1: yeah you should never stop learning
0: exactly well thanks a lot for coming on
1: oh no problem that was a lot of fun
0: and thank you for tuning in once again to perfect barbecue You can subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator. There's a subscribe link underneath each of the episodes on the website, perfectbbq.com. And uh, sign up for the email lists while you're there. We'll have some free goodies coming out soon there. and. we ate at a fantastic uh, brand-new barbecue restaurant in Charlotte, North Carolina last week. We're down there visiting my son and a uh, longtime time restaurateur. I opened up his dream restaurant, and uh, we've got a tour of the Smokehouse. Hope to get an interview with him in the next couple of weeks. Until next time.